0: Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love, My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our digital marketing academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device which means as a busy parent in business you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight to the point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. We are Google's number one baby and toddler directory. We cover everything from pregnancy to preschool and we are home to over 8,000 business listings. Join over 160,000 parents using our website each month And you can find your local groups, classes, services and support in your local area. At My Bump To Baby, you know that we are really passionate about encouraging parents, grandparents and carers to book in with their local first aid providers. Head to www.mybumptobaby.com to... Book in with your nearest first aid provider. Hello and welcome to my Bump to Baby expert podcast, where we bring experts from all over the UK to answer your questions on everything pregnancy to preschool. Hello everybody and welcome to My Bumped Babies Expert podcast today. I am joined by Nick Welsh, the Partnership Manager for Daisy First Aid. And we're going to be talking all about toddler safety. How to keep your home safe and toddler proof. Hello everybody and welcome to My Bumped Babies Expert podcast today we are joined by Nick Welsh the partnership manager at Daisy First Aid and you guys know how much we encourage parents to book in with first aid providers in the local area it's just so so important but today um, we're going to be talking about toddler safety at home and also what we're going to be discussing is we're also aware that there's a lot of mums out there a lot of dads out there that want to work flexibly around the family so we're also going to touch on Daisy First Aid's franchise opportunities as well so hello nick how are
1: you i'm good thanks thanks for having us on
0: oh i'm really excited to have a chat with you about all this because i've i've got a moving toddler um i've actually got two children i've got george who's seven and um, he's just addicted to his iPad at the moment, so it's it's not too <laughs> risky that. Um, but I've got Olivia, who's who's coming up now, uh, sixteen months, and she is literally opening every cupboard. And I, I actually have forgotten how hard it is to keep a home safe, especially you know with with George, the older sibling, as well, and his toys out and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so easy. I mean, my two girls are nine and five. So when my two got to that age, the eldest was just getting into little crafty things and the little one was just all over and you're like, oh, I didn't have this last time.
0: I know, I know. That's it. It's all a learning curve with parenting, isn't it? It is. So so, Nicola, would you mind just introducing yourself and, and just telling everyone a little bit about you and a little bit about Daisy First Aid and when it launched?
1: Yeah. So I'm Nick. I'm the Partnership Manager for Daisy First Aid. Um, and at Tazy First Aid, we offer two-hour parent classes, not just for parents, but for a lot of grandparents and carers, anyone in the family, really, who wants to know a bit more about what to do if your little one ever got into a bit of trouble, which, let me and you both know, they will definitely get into trouble. Um, so it's sort of not just the big things like CPR and recovery positions. It's like everyday stuff. So things like choking, burns, allergic reactions, all that type of thing, but in an easy and fun way. So it's no scary stories or scary pictures. A lot of people think it's that way because they've done first aid at work and things like that where some of the pictures are a bit graphic our classes aren't like that at all. Um, We've been going for nine years and we're all over the UK. So all the way up to Scotland, down to Wales, Cornwall, I'm in Yorkshire and all the way down to London and everywhere in between.
0: That's amazing. I mean, first aid is something that I think all parents and grandparents, anyone that's a carer should really do, Um, in my own opinion. um, I I, I just think it's so important because sometimes you might think, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. And then something happens and you just don't know what to do. And it's the most scary feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I'm a bit biased doing my job, but definitely if I didn't do this job, I totally agree. You're better off knowing and never having to use it than something happening and you're panicking. Plus, I think it's good, for we do have certain parents who are a bit more anxious about things. Um, It really helps to build your confidence as a parent if you know what to do.
0: Definitely. And, you know, I've done I've done a first aid class before and I've actually done two before. And I'm I'm actually on the process of booking on another one, actually, because I do think it's important to keep it fresh in your mind. Because my little one, um, she was weaning and I gave her a little bit of toast and she choked. And I was with my mom and my mom, because she's done that much first aid, she just took took the reins but had I been alone it would have been I I just terrifies me the thought of it to be honest so that is something um that that I'm going to do um very soon as well fantastic so we're going to talk about about home safety because I think once your baby starts walking around and pulling at things and doing all of that um you know sometimes you don't know that something's dangerous until something happens do you know what I mean absolutely so nick would you mind just sharing a few items that we can avoid in the home um a few culprits that when it comes to when it comes to choking
1: yeah i mean we're choking non-food wise um things like beads buttons lego is always a classic one especially if like both me and you if you've got older siblings who are into the lego kitchen wise things like liquid tabs as well because Kids think the jellies. So you might have noticed they've all got child prevention clips on now that child locks that no one could ever get into. There's yeah. a reason why they're on there. Um, so, from a choking perspective, coins as well, especially if you have visitors, kids absolutely love going in handbags. So, like you say, when your grandma comes around, they're like, oh, what's in grandma's bag? Mm. That's a classic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am um, also marbles and things like that. Um I, I think, you know, when you've got the yeah. older kids, like you said, we're playing with all these things. Anything. I mean, is there a certain size that we should look for um, when it comes to choking that we should try and kind of put away?
1: I mean, if you think the little ones airways are about the size of your finger, give or take. Um, so if you think anything that that size is that's potentially going to get wedged in there, those are the little things that you're looking for which ironically are probably the things that are the hardest for you to see. We do sort of recommend, as corny as it sounds, is getting on their level and having a look what things look like because it'll always be the one thing that you've maybe missed or under your chairs and cities and things like that. It's always good to check what they can see from their level.
0: Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. So so I know we touched on um, siblings before, but what would you recommend parents do when storing things like Lego marbles, etc., and other toys?
1: Ideally, depending on what box they come in, sometimes Lego comes in boxes that have got a bit of a clip on. Um, but if you get them in boxes and things like that, I would recommend you get, you know, sort of like the plastic boxes that I've got clips on. So they don't just push down on the top. They've got like clips that come over to shut them properly. So it's a little bit harder for little ones to get in or it gives you a bit more time to get to them before they are in it. Um, and also maybe storing them a little bit higher up where they can't reach. So if you've got cupboards or wardrobes, things like that, maybe storing them a little bit higher. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant advice. My little one at the moment is actually just this week started opening cupboard doors and I actually thought that was quite important. What can you do for cupboard doors and things like that? Because there's a lot of things in there, you know, bathroom cupboard doors, sometimes medicine yeah. and things like that. What what would you do in that scenario?
1: Yeah, so you can get um like cupboard locks, child locks for cupboards. So there's a big range of them. So what most people have seen is where you screw in like a clip to the back of your door and onto the unit so you can open it a little bit and you guys adults can push it in to open it but kids don't have the strength to do that um i have seen some amazing ones where they're sort of more magnetic so a lot of nurseries have these in where you need the magnet to turn the hook on the inside
0: oh that's a good idea
1: they're really good because obviously the ones with the clips they're still good but for personal experience, my grandma and granda had those type of child locks in their kitchen when my nephew was little. And what happened is he managed to open the cupboard door, not enough to get anything out in the kitchen, but he actually got his fingers caught in between. Oh, gosh, so another hazard. An panic after that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. When it comes to baby gates, where would you recommend putting baby gates?
1: Yeah, baby gates are always good to have, especially if you've got a little one who likes to move around so the obvious positions is sort of if you've got stairs so a lot of people put them at the bottom of the stairs but don't forget to put them at the top of the stairs as well because obviously you take your little one upstairs with you you might be get making beds or whatever and they're wandering around lots of people forget to put them at the top of the stairs as well it to totally depends on your home but if you've got like a utility room where you store all your bleach and your washing tabs and things like that sometimes it's a good idea to put it on there i have had um people say to us that they put them on kitchen doors so when the ki- the cooking kids can't get into the kitchen obviously that's personal choice my two i just tend to teach them to stay back from the oven so they don't get burned and um, but if you've got little ones who just can't resist it it's a good idea to put them there as well so you can get different baby gates. you can get sort of pressure lock ones we just you've stick it on the wall in the pressure of the gate fixes it to the wall or you can get screw ones again depends on your house which ones fit better and um, the screw ones are slightly better because obviously kids do t- tend to swing on them and try and get through them so mm. if the screw to the wall it's a bit more stronger that's great
0: yeah no that that's really useful um so is there any other ways that we can make our house more toddler safe
1: yeah, I mean, there's certain things that a lot of people have heard of, but it's good to recap. Yeah, Things like blind cords are a classic.
0: Yes, um, I forgot so, about those, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what can happen is, because it's basically a loop, if kids sort of are playing with them, they can get the neck chapped and they might not have the strength to lift themselves up to take the neck out and stop them being strangled. So that's the issue with those. So newer blind cords, you might see an extra bit of plastic on it, on the actual cord, and that's like a snap mechanism. So if weight gets put on it, it should snap. But if you've got older blinds, they might not have that. So just double-check what your blind cords are. If you don't have that, you can get hooks where you can put them at the very top and wrap the cord around there so they can't reach the hooks, the cords, and it's a lot safer other things are like plastic bags so everyone's like got a messy drawer haven't there where you shove all your mm. plastic bags because we've got to save them now yeah um, and then
0: you forget to take them back to the shop when you go so you get more
1: <laughs> yeah I've <laughs> literally got a million bag for life same same I always forget oh I'm <laughs> running in between working and, in and the school pickup and I think oh, oh yeah. no I've forgotten my bags again um, and yeah. a lot of people forget nappy bags or small plastic bags Oh yeah. So they might be like in your nursery, in your change bag, places that little ones have got access to. And normally nappy bags, sometimes they're nice and smelly, as in nice smells. In the bright coloured. So I know the ones I used to buy used to be bright purple, but they could be bright orange, different colours. So obviously they're quite attractive to little ones. So that's something to remember as well. That's great. Yeah. Um windows as well. Keep windows locked if you can little ones messing about on windows accidentally fall out god forbid And um, but that's quite more common than people imagine so that's a good thing to remember as well that's great yeah of
0: course yeah god so many so many different things to think
1: about yeah and especially when it's your little ones you kind of you, you might listen to this think, oh my goodness there's so much stuff um but just take it one step at a time and just go through your house room by room is probably the easiest way of looking at things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And getting on their level, checking everywhere.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: That's great. That's brilliant um, advice. Um, so obviously, first aid kits is something yeah. that, you know, we all we all should have one of those in our cupboard. Definitely. So what what should we have in our first aid kit? So
1: a good first aid kit, you should have, quite a few items in there so not just smiley face plasters
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah.
1: probably need a bit more than that so in a good first aid kit for example in our first aid kits we've got things obviously plasters we've got different types of bandages soft fluffy bandages um but also we've got individual pads and microporous tape so little heads are really hard to bandage if you've ever had to bandage a little head it is really hard it comes off straight away you don't want to go up and over around the mouth in case they need to be sick you don't want to go over the eyes and blind them so an individual pad and proper microporous tape to stick it on is a lot easier things like tweezers or sort of splinters and things like that um instant ice packs are really good so years ago we used to have sort of don't know if you remember sort of those solid blue ones that you kept in the freezer yes and it always took Ages to defrost a bit so you could get it around elbows and heads and by the time they defrosted a bit they're like can I go play now and you're yeah. like, all right
0: <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so, I do remember
1: those yeah so instant ice packs are smaller they've just got sort of like grains inside you shake them twist them and it gets really cold quickly but they're very pliable so you can put them around elbows heads knees and things like that so they're really good and obviously, in our first day kids, you can't possibly get better without a sticker. So is a mum, top tip, always have some stickers in to feel better because you can't feel better without a sticker.
0: That's a good idea. Great <laughs> idea. That's great. That's great. So, so, Nick, and now for, um, obviously, I mentioned to you that there's, there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast that are looking at ways to, you know, especially with the cost of living and everything, increase their yeah. income, or they might want to work a bit more around their family. Could you tell us a little bit about the franchise opportunities with Daisy First Aid?
1: Yeah, so we've got lots of opportunities up and down the UK where you could become a Daisy trainer yourself. Um, and I, as well as being the partnership manager, I do actually run Leeds and Harrogate area in both my children in primary school, and it's just such a good way to sort of balance your family work life out a bit more totally up to you how you run it we don't put sort of sales targets or anything like that it's your area we give you all the support and all the training that you need so a lot of our guys um some are nurses some have got a medical background but we've got a lot of um airline crew people from financial services people who've come from nurseries all walks of life um, so please don't worry that you've never done first aid before. We can help you all with all that. And it's just a really fabulous company to be part of. I would say they're basically like my second family. Um, That's lovely. <laughs> in contact with them all the time. It's just such a lovely place to work. Um, and if you think maybe if a franchise is for you, feel free to email us at info at daisyfirstaid.com. Or oh, we do have other roofs. So um a lot some of our daisies started off as freelancers, so working for other daisies and doing the classes and they've loved it so much, they've then gone on and bought their own franchise, which is lovely. Oh um, that's so there a good different way. options. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh wow, right. Okay. That's brilliant. And have you got um what I'll do is I'll put a link to any franchise opportunities on your to your website so people can have a little reading and i'll put pop that email address at the bottom as well so people can contact you directly about that
1: yeah brilliant
0: but thank you so much nick it's been really useful this episode i really appreciate it
1: good thank you for having me on it's been a pleasure
0: no problem at all but thank you so much and i'll speak to you next time thank you thank you for listening to today's my bumped baby expert podcast if there is a subject you would like more information about please send your requests in to info at my bump to my bumped baby is one of the uk's leading parenting platforms you can find local pregnancy to preschool groups classes and lessons wherever you are in the uk Not only that, but you can read our honest reviews on the latest products, days out and services that you as parents need to know about. We also work with trusted financial advisors, family law solicitors and now estate agents too. If you would like to find your nearest trusted expert, head over to www.mybump2baby.com. wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week every Sunday so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.